Amory Jones, Jacob Copeland, Mohamed Diabate, all transfer portal bound. We'll talk about that and tomorrow's Florida Gators men's basketball game only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. There's only two weeks left. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Obviously, to start off today's show, we're talking about the biggest news that happened. It's not recruiting news, and it's not injury news. It's that Emery Jones, of course, the Florida Gators starting quarterback going into the season, has announced that he will play in the bowl game against Central Florida and then he will enter the transfer portal. And I want to say immediately, um, stop. <laughs> just there's been so many people that are just coming for this kid's neck. And it's like, can he do anything that you guys aren't going to get mad at? Like, be like, oh, like, he's he shouldn't be allowed to say he's going to transfer and then play in the bowl game. Shut up. No one cares. Just, just stop it. That's such a dumb thing to get mad about, especially because... He gives us the best chance to win the bowl game. Anthony Richardson is likely not playing. So Emory Jones is the best quarterback available to play. If you want to win the game, if you still care about winning, then, you know, you should should probably care about that. Emory Jones deserves to play there. And it's the coaching staff, for the most part, last game that they get to work as a Florida Gator staff. So let them do it. And, yeah, I, I absolutely hate people's, you know, he shouldn't be allowed to play and then transfer if he already knows he's leaving. Just shut up. Fans, you did him absolutely dirty for the whole season. Like, I, I brought it up the Alabama game. You, got, uh, I am disgusted with every single person that was in that crowd booing this young man. He is he, He's a kid that was his third game starting. In third, yeah, I believe it's third game starting in all of college football, and he's playing against Alabama at home. And he's getting booed by his home crowd? Like, are you joking me? That was awful. But we're going to talk about where he might go. There are a few choices. I know some people have said Florida State because Florida State was very much in the running to get Emory Jones to commit to be a Seminole. I don't think he goes there for a couple of reasons. I don't think he's interested in going to Florida State because he said, I want to go somewhere that is going to develop me and use me properly. And I, I, I and prepare him for the NFL. And I don't think Florida State's a place to go, especially when I mean, you know, I like Jordan Travis. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's very good. I think that as much as I hate Florida State, I think Jordan Travis is someone that we might be talking about as a potential Heisman candidate next season. So I don't think Emory Jones goes to Florida State. Auburn is a possibility for me. I really am not a fan of TJ Finley. I get against Alabama. He was banged up, so he's playing poorly or worse than he usually would. I didn't like him at LSU. 
I don't like him at Auburn. I don't think he's very good. So Emory Jones, I think, could step in and play right away, especially with Bo Nix gone. And I, I think he's got an opportunity to step into an offense and get significant playing time very early on on a team that's pretty damn good. Auburn's one of those teams where going into the season, we're never like, oh, hoo-hoo, Auburn. Auburn looking nice this year. We never say that, but they usually end up being pretty solid. And so Emory Jones could step in right away and start for them. Keep playing SEC ball. He could keep, keep playing SEC ball, which is big. It, it, I get it, where it's like, hey, like you can come from a small school and, and do great things to go to the NFL. But if you play in SEC school, specifically quarterback in the SEC, and you go against SEC defenses and you can play well, why not? I don't think Emory Jones is the type to back down. I realized I said this last Friday when I said I don't think he's going to enter the portal. I said because I don't think he's the type to back down. But, hey, he might be. If we're looking outside the SEC, might look at Virginia Tech. They're going through a lot of changes right now. They got coaching staff changes. They got a whole bunch of stuff going on. I think that Emory Jones could be a Virginia Tech possibility. I don't know if it's super likely, but they've got plenty of room for improvement, plenty of room to work, playing in the ACC. So I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but maybe Florida State, maybe Miami, he'd get to keep playing teams that he probably isn't super fond of. And he, I mean, he'd get to play Clemson, North Carolina. There's good teams in the ACC, and you could still get a ton of exposure there. And you could put out good film and I mean, Virginia Tech, I'm expecting to be not a fun offense next year, but an offense where you can watch that offense and be like, hey, look, okay, this is similar enough to an NFL offense where Emory Jones could be the Virginia Tech quarterback next year. Oregon is anything with Anthony Brown, their starting quarterback this year, was a grad transfer. He's going to a bowl game. I believe he's going to the Shrine Bowl is what he accepted his invite to uh, yesterday. So Anthony Brown is gone. Sure, they've got recruits. They've got young guys. I I don't think that matters so much when you look at a team who is undergoing a coaching change. Again, it's another team undergoing a coaching change. Their offense is going to look pretty different. Um, And I think it's going to still be pretty fun. And I think that Emory Jones could fit in immediately, work that spread style. He's already got experience working a spread style offense. And he can come in and play. And Oregon, they got a solid roster right now. Their skill positions are a little eh. But hey, Emory Jones is used to running the ball the whole damn time anyway, so might as well. And Oregon's, you know, they've put a couple guys into the NFL. They've got Mariota in the NFL right now. And that's the thing, too. Oregon's had guys go into the NFL under three different coaches now. So, well, two different coaches. But, yeah, they've had Chip Kelly brought in Marcus Mariota. And then you've got Justin Herbert is demolishing the NFL right now, just lighting him on fire. And then now you've got Anthony Brown going into the NFL. And Tyler Shuck down in Texas Tech, he was at Oregon initially, and then he left. And it's a, you know, Oregon's been able to get good quarterbacks built up and worked up. And Emory Jones, I mean, you know, this year he had 2,500 passing yards, uh, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I believe it was 10 going into the Florida State game, then he threw three. Uh Led the team in carries, led the team in rushes, not touchdowns. Uh, he had two catches, including a receiving touchdown. But I and I also know people are like, oh, like move him to receiver, move him running back. That ain't gonna happen. He said that he wants to go, he wants to leave and go to a place where will they will develop him as a quarterback and get him ready for the next level. Emory Jones, nothing but the best to you, young man. Hoping nothing but success. Big fan of his. I don't care. I know fans hate him for no legitimate reason because he didn't live up to your own expectations. Nah, 
I don't even care. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. The crowd is hush. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's ready. ASMR right here. Ad read. But on your backswing, your hat falls right over your eyes. Is that how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? What are you, a boomer? This isn't locked on Sooners. Get out of here. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, which by the way, two weeks remaining, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those who are ready to upgrade to netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing. Two weeks, by the way, just in case you forgot from 30 seconds ago. Financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash NCAA. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I didn't. Guess what I didn't do yesterday? I didn't make money yesterday and the day before. I didn't make money. I'm, I'm down bad right now. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida losing has just demolished me, whether it's a football team losing or not covering, whatever it may be. Losing, not covering. Basketball team losing or not covering. Florida's just heartbreak you for me right now. I wallet break you for me right now. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, and the Brazilian election, if you want, October 2nd, 2022, by the way. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code Locked On. this, L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, O-N. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And now we got two more transfers to talk about, Jacob Copeland and Mohamed Diabati. We're going to start off with Jacob Copeland. Uh, Maryland is right now the favor, they're the favorite to take Jacob Copeland from the Florida Gators. Jeff Ehrman, who is a Maryland publisher, Maryland insider, whatever you want to call him, is the one that predicted this. Uh, I don't fully know the reason why he'd go to Maryland. Uh, I'm not a big fan of theirs, of their offensive scheme. And that's, I, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those offenses where it's like, I think he'll get the ball a solid amount where he can make plays with the ball, but I mean, the offense is, it ain't nothing special. So I'll say that uh, he had 39 catches for 607 yards and four touchdowns on with three carries for 20 yards of the season. And uh, I mean, he, he was always a misspoken person. He's someone who a lot of fans dislike. And that one's a little more understandable than Emery um, because, well, he's outspoken to the point where he's like, man, I don't get enough targets to do that and stuff like that. And it's like, hey, I get it. You're a receiver. You want the ball. I didn't. I very, very rarely rotated in at receiver. And I mean that when I played, I played in one, I played one snap as a wide receiver. I played tight end other times, but I played one snap as like out wide and it was in the championship and I ran a post and I was calling for the ball. I'm not a good receiver <laughs> at all, but I was calling for the ball. When you play receiver, something about it, you just want the ball. And Jake was hoping he, he wants the ball. I get it. Personally, I think it was horribly misused. I think that Dan Mullen let down few players more than he let down Jacob Copeland. And I'd imagine Jacob Copeland also feels that way. I think he was terribly misused. I thought he should have been used 
much more in the backfield, like just straight up taking handoffs as a running back, which I realize is kind of contradictory given how much I'm like, feed Damian Pierce, feed these guys. But Jacob Copeland, I mean, he's one of those players where you got to just get on the ball. And he excelled as a receiver. You look at games where uh, I forgot which game it was, but he's going deep downfield, catching the ball in traffic. And it's like, why the hell are we not giving him the ball more? I don't I don't get it. I know that some of the teams that we could look at for him, like Maryland, like I said, is the favorite right now for Jacob Copeland. But I would also keep an eye out in Alabama and Tennessee because if you don't remember the video, when Jacob Copeland committed to Florida, he had three hats on the table. It was Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida. And his mom was sitting right next to him wearing, I believe it was an Alabama sweater and a Tennessee hat. And what did Jacob Copeland do? picked that Gators hat up and put it right on his head, and his mom walked away. They were the other two schools in his top three. They're both exceptional now when it comes to developing a passing attack. Tennessee, you know, they've gotten multiple receivers into the NFL recently. As much as people don't want to give them the credit, they've gotten Josh Palmer, Jawan Jennings. They've got Velas Jones Jr. is going to the senior bowl this year. They've gotten plenty of receivers into the NFL recently, and I, I think it's going to improve with Josh Heupel there and, you know, further developing with these quarterbacks. And then Alabama is just constantly putting guys into the NFL. I think Alabama would be a terrible decision for Jacob Copeland. I just, I, I love Jacob Copeland. I don't know if he cracks the rotation as well as he think he would against Alabama. So, but Tennessee's a very good program that I think he should, or sorry, Tennessee's not a very good program, but it's a very good fit for Jacob Copeland. Then Mohamed Diabati, the linebacker, edge rusher, buck, whatever you want to call him, whatever position he's going to play. Uh, he found success early on playing buck. And then he moved to off ball. and it, it hasn't been as well. And, he seemed like he's out of position. Like he seemed like he's still not comfortable playing linebacker. I don't know what he wants exactly, obviously, because I'm not him. So I, I can't give an answer for that. But I don't know. I don't know if he's going to look for a program that will use him more as an off ball linebacker. In which case, I would look at a program like Alabama. By the way, the body's from Alabama. So maybe look at a program like Alabama, which similar to what they did with Henry Toto who's a linebacker that played for them this year. He's at Tennessee before, came to Alabama, and now he's probably going to the NFL. I believe he's out of eligibility after this year. But, um, you know, Diabati's an athletic guy who's not similar skill set-wise to Toto, but athletic profile-wise he is. So maybe Diabati wants to play off-ball, and he goes to Alabama, and he does that. I think it'd be smarter for Diabati to try to play full-time edge rusher. I think he'd not maybe not excel there, but I think that's where he might be best fit. Maybe look at Auburn. He's from Auburn. So I think if he wants to go off ball, he should go to maybe Alabama. If he wants to stay on the edge, he goes to Auburn. Maybe he's from Auburn. He could try to bounce back home. He took multiple visits to Auburn when he was coming out of high school. One more school, though, that I want to throw his way. I was considering a couple, but one more where I'm like, you know what? I'd really like to see Muhammad Diabadi there. Baylor. I've spoken so much about their defensive scheme where I love them so much. And I think that they'd be, I think there's a lot of guys that could be a good fit in that Baylor scheme. Again, it's four, two, five. So it's very similar to what we've been talking about for weeks now where I'd like to see him at Baylor because I think Dave Aranda is a very creative uh, schemer, play caller, whatever you want to call him, a game planner. I don't care. But I think Dave Aranda and Ron Roberts are very creative with that, where you can look at how they've used Jalen Petrie, who's a safety that they've used at corner, linebacker and edge rusher and i think they see muhammad Dibade and they'd be like you know 
we could have him at edge rusher. We can have him off ball, especially in a four two five. You could just shift very easily. It, a four two five is very easy to shift if you've got the versatile players because you can have your four two five set up with Diabati on the edge. He can then rotate out. This is my hand doing it. <laughs> uh, he can then rotate out to be an interior linebacker and then literally just shift the rest of your D line and one of your off balls slides down to the other end spot. So if you've got the versatile players, which Baylor does, then you can do that. And I think it's something that we should at least take a look at. And Muhammad Diabate, hey, if you want to go to Baylor, man, like I, I, I can't set it up, but I will be very happy for you. And I will be very excited to watch you play there. Have y'all tried Built Bar Puffs? Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. And Built Bar Puffs, legitimately, top three favorite snack for me to eat just like when I'm hanging out around the house right now, which by the way, I'm doing a lot. I just quit my job. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I do, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and most importantly, high fiber solution that genuinely tastes damn good. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. Now we're going to take a look at the Florida Gators men's basketball game for tomorrow. Of course, it is the 7-3 Florida Gators taking on the 4-4 South Florida Bulls. Uh, Gators, of course, last week had two games in three days. I believe it was Monday and Wednesday, and then uh, they had their three games in seven days going to this past Sunday. And they've been off since then, which is great because it was not that they were playing a ton of games back to back. The two games in three days sucked. Then they had a few days off before playing their third game on Sunday. And I mean, luckily they've been off since the loss to Maryland, which was heartbreaking to be there. Just like, especially because the last shot of the game, like the last shot of the game was right in front of me. I was right on that edge, like right behind that basket. So the last shot of the game sucked that I got to be so close to watch it not fall at all. That was really fun. That sucked. But South Florida, not a good three-point shooting team. Like Florida is one of those teams where we'll get to this, but very streaky. I don't consider them good. I don't consider them bad. I, I don't even consider, I'm not like, oh, like they're average, mediocre. They're streaky. That's, that's what they are. It's, if they're hot, they're fantastic. If they're not, they're God awful. South Florida, just not a good three point shooting team. They shoot a combined 24% from three Florida shoots 31%, which I realize is doesn't matter because there's going to be some nights where they shoot 12% and some nights where they shoot 48%. So I don't know how the percentages would work out that way, but I'm just, it, yeah, that's what you're getting. Um, so, I mean, it, it's take it with a grain of salt for Florida, but with South, with South Florida, it's pretty consistent that they have not been able to show that they're a legitimate threatening team from three. South Florida does like to get the ball inside and try to get to the free throw line. But even when they do, they don't do a good job of, of converting at the free throw line. They don't do a good job of scoring at the free throw line. So, not super threatening there either. And I realize that the way I'm describing this game sounds like this is going to be a blowout. But no, that's not at all what I'm saying. They're a good rebounding team, which should scare some of you because Florida, they've been good. They've been very bad also, though. They're streaky rebounding. They've shown where they can dominate some teams. And then Texas Southern beat the hell out of them on the boards. South Florida could very well do the same thing. 
And yes, South Florida, offensively, just bruh. <laughs> offensively, South Florida is a very bad team. They average 57 or 56.8 points per game or something like that. And that's bad. Florida's offense is not spectacular, but it's better than that. So that's like one of those things where it's like South Florida, their offense is bad. But then you look at their defense and their defense is pretty damn good. And how how good exactly? Scoring wise, they're the number 10 defense in the nation they're the number 10 scoring defense in the nation they are very good they allow 56 points per game so yes they're four and four yes they're very bad at scoring but guess what their defense is so good that it keeps them in games it wins them games and their point differential is less than a point away and they're favored in their point differential so i do think that florida has the advantage of being able to threaten from three i don't want to say being able to shoot consistently from three because they can't or they don't but they have the advantage of threatening from three. But like I've been saying, this is such a streaky shooting team. You've got times where Myron Jones is going to go six for seven from three. And then against Maryland, I believe he went one for five from three, one for six from the field, if I'm not mistaken. And then you've got Tyree Appleby, who doesn't attempt a shot in the first half. And then finishes like five for seven from three, I think it was. So you've got so many times where it's like, what the hell are you doing offensively? We can't even predict anything because we don't know if Mike White is going to call sets or if he's just going to be like, hey, guys, do whatever you want. Like uh, 2K wreck. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I mean, it's such a streaky shooting team. Florida should win this game. They, they should. I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't. Florida should win this game. But it is by no means a gimme. And I can say that part confidently that it is by no means a gimme because Florida, no. This year, a gimme don't exist. If there was ever a gimme, it was Texas Southern. And Texas Southern wasn't a gimme for Florida. It, it wasn't. It just, it, Texas Florida, I mean, Texas Southern looked more like a gimme for uh, Texas Southern than Florida. It was bad. It was a bad game. And honestly, this is one of those games where, if Florida loses this game, what do they do with Mike White? Because I'm not one to call for your job, but I am one to say that I the way it's trending, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. It's it's as simple as that. So I don't know what they're going to do, but if, the, if Florida loses this game, you seriously got to take a look at Mike White and say, are you capable of turning this team around and getting this team where they should be? Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Don't miss out Monday as we'll get back into Florida Gators football talk again. I'm sure we'll have coaching staff ads. I'm sure we'll have probably not recruiting ads, but maybe a little bit more information on transfer portal, guys. We'll figure it out. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all Monday.